Yeah, that's why they got divorced because she wasn't a good cook. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Cover Your Eyes Podcast. Today we're talking about Jagged Edge from 1985, starring Glenn Close and Jeff Bridges. I almost said Jeff Daniels because I always get the two mixed up. They're totally different. <laughs> you know you know what's funny is when I told Isaac about this movie, he was thinking of Jeff Daniels. And oh. he started laughing because he was like, dumb and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, it's the dude. I know. This is even funnier, maybe. Yes. So this movie, um, it's intense. Yeah. It's very intense. Right from the get-go. Right from the get-go. So I, just to disclose, I don't believe I ever saw this movie as a child. But you did. So it's cool. I, I never forgot. Oh, yeah. Seeing this movie. How could you? So I feel like, yeah, as someone who's only seeing it as an adult, I feel like it's really like right off the bat, super scary, intense for a child. And immediately, no. Immediately, it's <laughs> terror. Violence, murder, terror. And then that's just followed by sex within like a little bit more violence and then more sex. And that's pretty much the movie. And then it's like, okay, time for bed, Holly. Let me tuck you in. Pretty much. (laughs) Sweet dreams. That's how that went down. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, My husband sat down and watched the first part of it. He had never seen it. And his parents are, were very strict as far as, making sure he saw things that weren't violent or sexual as a kid. And so Mm -hmm. basically from the get-go, he just sort of was like looking over at me like, oh (laughs) my God. And then like probably within like 10 minutes, he was like, you know, I don't think it was right that your parents let you watch this. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, no. I don't think it was a good idea. I remember sitting there like with my eyes covered because I actually, this is like a really vivid memory, me seeing Mm -hmm. this movie. So I guess I was like, I have such a hard time knowing like what age I was as a kid. It's all like weird blended together. But so the movie was released in 85. So it was like, I was probably like eight when I saw it because I know I saw it at home. It was with my mom and I was like, she immediately was like, oh, cover your eyes up, you know, like, really? And I remembered that and I remembered hearing it and thinking, I don't think I should be watching this. Yeah, because like that's what starts right. when you covering your eyes. <laughs> yeah. And then I just sat there and kept watching it. And then, like, my mom was just, like, talking about who she thought the killer might be. So this movie was like one of those movies where, or one of those like events where I suddenly realized that like the person that I trusted as the adult was like, maybe I was like, "Uh, maybe they don't 
totally know what they're doing. Because, <laughs> like, this even seems weird. Like, I wouldn't let my kid do this. And I'm, like, eight. Yeah. Like, it was one of those no-brainers. Uh-huh. So I'm not really sure what was happening with my mom at the time. I, I'm pretty sure she was, like, having a rough time emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it – I mean, it's not like um, she was intentionally trying to, like, warp me. No. And she and she also would talk to me through the whole movie and be like, like I said, like she was like asking me questions about what I thought. So, you know, she gave me some really good like adult skills at a young age. That's a silver lining. So, oh, what do you, do you want to sum up the movie real quick? Oh, okay. Um I like this. All right, so briefly, let's say like there's a really rich couple. The wife gets murdered. The husband is accused. And because he would stand in here, like everything she had. So people are like, yeah, of course he did it. Cause it's always the husband did it. Right. But then it's like, you don't know. Cause he was there and he was like injured too. And he said that he got knocked out and then they ran away. So then he wants an attorney, but he doesn't want to make a big deal of it. He wants to look like just an everyday guy. And so he takes an attorney that's from like his normal corporate firm. It's Glenn Close. She had quit practicing criminal law, but they like convince her to represent him. And then she's like, if I don't believe you, I'm quitting. And he's like, I'm innocent. And she kind of believes them. Then she starts basically falling in love with him, right? And then so she totally starts believing him. Mm-hmm. But then some things happen that make her not believe him. But she's already slept with him. So then it's like just a mind fuck and a literal fuck of like, did he do it? Did he not do it? We're sleeping together. We're not sleeping together. And then it's like, in the end, you find out, do I say? Well, the movie's from 1985. So because we can't talk about the movie without talking about who that's true. Unless you wanted to go completely in chronological order, which we could do. And then you would find out the mystery. I don't know if we're capable of staying in chronological order. You mean us going through the movie the way it happens? Yeah. We can try it. You want to do it? I mean, it's a bold move. I won't say who the murderer is yet. We could do that. We'll try it. First scene, beach house. I'm scared. Every woman's worst nightmare. It's a cover your eyes moment. There's blood. There's gore. There's a jagged edge knife. There's also a brief bare breasts before Mm -hmm. the implied knife. And then there's lots of screaming. I was stunned. Really stunned. Like, I cannot believe that I watched this as Mm -hmm. a child. And that it was like some kind of primary influence on me. Yeah, it was scary. And I have to say that, like, I watched it late last night and I was home alone. And I was like, the opening scene, I was just like, (laughs) I just like checked my doors and windows last night, like extra times before I went to bed. It's like a woman home alone. And then she's like attacked in her own room, tied up to the bed. She's at a masked figure comes in. Yeah, she's at a beach house alone. Like, no one will hear her scream. Mm-hmm. And then she's got, like, the knife just held up against her. He mutilated her body. <laughs> Don't laugh afterwards. Cut that out. <laughs> um, I, just, I, I don't just, know where to put that I in. I just framed you. I'm going to, like, save that. 
If you ever fuck with me. <laughs> he mutilated her body and then a burst of laughter. Oh, God. I'm just kidding. I would never mm. do that. It's fine. I've done worse. So, yeah, I don't know. Just take all that out. Yeah. Yeah. So, it can be too graphic. Yeah. It's like very scary and very graphic right off the bat. And mm-hmm. if you're a woman alone at night watching this movie, you're going to get freaked out. And if you're yeah. an eight year old girl watching this movie next to her mom, you're going to get freaked out. It was yes. blood and gore from the get go. And then there wasn't any more blood or gore really after that, but it was just mm-hmm. like intensity and suspense and mm-hmm. still like a lot of sex to come that was like not great for kids. Yeah, but she legit was telling me to close my eyes or cover mm-hmm. them. That that for her was like enough protection, yeah. which goes back to like she didn't actually grow up with TV as a child. Mm-hmm. But she was older than the average mom. Mm-hmm. So she had no TV experience. And so she was always just like, I felt like she was always just like, well, you know, it's not real. That it's all made up. And she'd like point stuff out to me mm-hmm. all the time. It was like an active like experience to watch a movie with her. She could have been like a, a movie critic. Like she really like that's how like she watches movies, mm-hmm. and which is pretty cool. And the first question was it a ritual killing? Yes, nineteen eighty five. Totally. Yes, because in addition to the wife too, like the maid was murdered. Yes, in the room next door. And then when the wife was murdered, um, they wrote the word "bitch" in blood above the bed. Yeah. Just to have that whole, like, Manson-esque effect, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they're like, there's some Charlie Manson stuff going on here. That, like, ups the scared aisle. We get introduced to the DA. And he makes a statement where it, like, it almost seems like he he's fantasized about killing his own wife. Mm-hmm. Did you get that impression? Yeah, it was creepy. And it was like, oh, you're kind of a weirdo. Yes. So you immediately do not trust the DA mm-hmm. because of the way he responds to the murder and the idea that it, the husband did it. For me, right. that was like the first alarm bell that the DA is bad news and you shouldn't trust him. You see a hussy at the funeral in a fur coat. Just putting that out there. We'll come back to it later. Did you remember seeing her at the wife's funeral? Is it the woman who was in court later? Yes. Her supposed friend? No, I didn't see that part. Yeah, she's she's wearing the same fur coat in both scenes. Okay. And in both scenes, it's completely inappropriate to wear... To those events. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't normally have inappropriate or appropriate rules, but there are some cases where I do, like mm-hmm. weddings, funerals, and court. Yeah. Those are the like three. three. <laughs> so <laughs> this fur coat is sweet. 
you realize that he would be nowhere without his wife, Jack Forrester. Jack Forrester. He all of the money is his wife's money. What better motive than your wife's money? Millions of dollars owns a newspaper. He's a real journalist. Yes, and then it turns out that he had written some editorials on the DA pieces about the DA. So then it's like, oh, there's another ulterior motive of the DA to go after him. Mm-hmm. So again, you don't trust the DA because of that. Why would you? This guy, the DA really gives me the willies. He seems very rigid and he made that crack about his, about killing your wife. And I was just like, ugh, this guy just, I don't, I just really, he made my stomach drop, you know? I thought it was really funny when Teddy Glenn Close, the attorney that takes Jack's case, she has two children. One of them was probably about eight. And um, she takes her kids to the interview, the first interview that she's having with her new client who's on trial for murdering his wife. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought, here's a mom putting her child and children in an extremely inappropriate situation. And like, I saw this movie when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So I had this like weird relation to her kids at this moment where I was actually connecting like from her kids level of like, our mom is being really weird because she's hanging out with this guy and dad's not around anymore kind of thing because she's divorced, but she has a really great relationship with her husband. They're like friends. They're just buddies. It seems like they're newly divorced or just starting the process. Then we find out that this guy, Henry, Henry Styles, is that his name? Yeah. Cause I kept wanting to say Harry Styles. Like from <laughs> that band. Is that a singer? That's a singer. Yes. He like dated Taylor Swift. He's from that band. I can't think of it right now. I saw a magazine cover of him where he was looked really pretty. Yes. And was like dressed up in women's clothing. Yes. And he looked really pretty. And I was like, oh, neat. He looks really pretty. I love that. And I was like, that's really cool. But that's popular. But that's really all I know. Henry Styles committed suicide in his prison cell. And you find out that Teddy and the DA worked the case together. And Teddy helped Henry Stiles, put Henry Styles in prison. And then now he hangs himself and he's halfway to a parole hearing. Hmm. That's kind of weird. And then also that like Teddy Wit being a prosecutor right after this case. That seems a little suspicious mm. to me. Yeah. The classic scene where the little kid says, Oh God, mommy, you can't cook. Mm-hmm. Because like no wife who was a career woman in the 80s could also cook. <laughs> 
be a high-powered attorney and have a roast beef on the table when he gets home. <laughs> Is that too much to ask? No, absolutely not. Definitely not. Robert fucking Loja appears on the scene, and I realize why I've always loved Robert Loja. And anytime I see him in anything, I'm always like, yes! <laughs> and he, like, plays, like, despicable people all the time. <laughs> but I'm still like, oh, I love that guy. But I think it's because this is my first remembered Robert Loja movie. Mm-hmm. And he's a good guy in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's a very he's lovable character. He's the most lovable character to me. He really is. Movie. So he used to work for the DA, too. But he didn't work. He quit, too. After they put Henry Styles away in jail. Yeah. So in the beginning, you don't really know exactly what happened, but you just hear all about Henry Styles and all these people that are like affected by it. And it's like, what went on there? Something mm-hmm. bad went on. The DA seems kind of weird. Patty says something to Robert Loja, whose name is Ransom in this movie. Oh. I looked it up. So she like says to Ransom, like, I'm getting the gang back together. Like, we're going to defend this guy. And he's like, okay. And then he, Teddy says the following. If he didn't do it, I'll get him off. And I thought, her <laughs> words couldn't be spoken. Because <laughs> she's really saying she's going to get him off in the bedroom. Yeah. If he's actually not a murderer, because then she'll love him. Whoa. Talk about foreshadowing. Yeah. He's just laying it all out there. Foreskin shadowing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Teddy's like, I'm just going to hang out. And she's like, you never know if they're guilty or not. And it's my duty as a lawyer to offer him unbiased, authentic defense. She goes for it. And then the DA says something very odd when she informs him that she's taken the case. He says... Okay, who did he say this about? Because I like missed, I kind of zoned out for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But but I, my ears did perk up when I heard the DA say that someone had a, quote, rap sheet as long as my dick. Mm. He was talking about um, Henry Styles. So he's like, well, he's guilty of something, basically. Right. So... But what I thought was like, well, I don't know how big your dick is. Yeah, it could be like two offenses. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, well, kind of acts like, like, I got a beef with the DA. Yeah. So Isaac's watching, you know, whenever they go back in, like Jack and everybody, they go back into the murder house, like into Mm -hmm. the scene, the bedroom. And Jack's like really upset. And there's, like, you know, blood on the carpets and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And then I had to look at all these stains on my rug. <laughs> That's why he was so upset because yeah. the stains on his rug. <laughs> <laughs> because he's the dude. <laughs> oh, I get it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really funny. Some reference. Good one, Isaac. (laughs) So here, like, Jack's, like, breaking down and being vulnerable. What do you think about that? Do you buy it? I mean, at the time, I was like, okay, Jeff Bridges is a pretty good actor but then i thought wait no he's not i mean he didn't even have any tears i didn't see any tears on his face is, like, he, a bad, like, is act- he a bad actor or is he yeah, a really so good he like actor? A bad actor or like the best actor because he's acting like a husband who's acting hmm. i think he's really good at acting like a husband who's acting but as a husband who's acting he should have acted harder and at least gotten a few tears I mean, if you're going to do the sobbing sounds that accompany tears, mm-hmm. you got to squirt some tears, too. Yeah. Because otherwise it does feel fake. But, like, I also don't think that, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, he's guilty because of the way he reacted. No, no, no. Except that anytime somebody is going... <laughs> <laughs> And there's nothing coming out of their eyeballs. That's yeah. why I'm like, that isn't real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Crying works. I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm a big crier. Mm-hmm. So like for good, like for good stuff, you know, like when, when something like hits my heart sweetly, yeah, I get weepy. Mm-hmm. So I know how crying works. That's like the main part of crying is, right so so i was like whom is this what they call crocodile tears oh yeah it was um yeah it was bad there were no tears and same thing yeah we like never want to just judge someone based on how they react but when you are fake crying it looks pretty bad it's like just don't cry then you know right you don't have to cry not everybody cries So um, I do have to say that he looks so cute in that sweater. He was wearing like a gray V-neck sweater with jeans, which is like, oh my God, like my ultimate outfit. Oh, that's that I love for myself outfit. and it looked great on him. It's a classic. Um, he is pretty cute as a young man. Yeah. And yeah, so during that crying scene, I was just like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to look at your sweater because I can't stand to watch this. Because it seemed so lame. And then, so again, he like immediately turned it off. It was like, as soon as he left the room, then she came downstairs and he was like, oh, come play with my horses or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was just like on and off, on and off, like a switch. Yeah. Jack tells, he tells Teddy about how he met his wife. And he says that he met her at a party in college. But he didn't know who she was mm-hmm. because she's like a rich and powerful. Her family owns the newspaper and it's a big city. Then later, years later, he met her at the country club 
And then that's when they really connected and they ended up getting married. He got a job at the newspaper and he does a great job. And his, and his wife's dad really likes him. He does such a great job on the newspaper. Mm-hmm. But also, he didn't belong to the country club when he met her. Sometimes he just would crash at the pool. I, I said it that way because if I were Ransom, I would use those bits and pieces of his story to point out how this person is lying to you. Oh. Because he mentions out of the blue that he didn't know who she was because he doesn't want you to think that he's a gold digger. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, but the whole conversation is him justifying, like, I didn't marry her because of her money. Right. But everything that he was saying is that he breaks rules because he crashes the pool mm-hmm. and he particularly breaks rules and crashes the pool at a country club where all the rich people are. So yeah. he can ingratiate himself with them. Mm-hmm. And then he lets it be known. So then he says that he ingratiates himself with her father. So he circles the wagons around her. This is like this is the forming of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now my bet is that he knew exactly why he was crashing the pool country club and it was because she was there. That makes sense. And also that it wasn't really that long before they ran into each other again. He makes it sound like it's years, mm-hmm. but it, but it probably wasn't. This is what I would say if I was ransom because Ransom thinks that he's guilty. Right. There's a witness that sees Jack with a jagged edge knife. The janitor at the country club. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, hey, I like Jack. All right. I wish I had never seen this guy with a big scary knife that looks like the one that was probably used to murder his wife with. I wish I didn't see it, but I did. And like, he's very plain about it. It to me, very convincing. And then Jack tells Teddy, she's pretty. Hey, attorney who's trying me for murdering my wife. I think you're pretty. Yeah, they're like having dinner together to discuss a case. And he's like, you're a very attractive woman. (laughs) (laughs) And then they start talking about some game. And she's like, I don't play games with my clients. And he's like, sure you do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're both playing games with each other. And then eventually they're like 
are playing games. They're riding horses together. They go play racquetball together. And then the racquetball is what really pushes it over the edge. Because every 80s movie has to have a racquetball scene. Oh, my God. You know what I thought? I thought that you know you've made it to yuppie heaven when you play racquetball on a regular basis. If there's anything (laughs) I learned about the 80s, it's that. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember when I was a kid thinking like, whoa, like really serious professional people play racquetball. Yes. Like that's a game for a professional. Like, it was right up there with that um, Perrier water or something. <laughs> yes. Which was like ultra fancy in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think people like would realize that like Perrier water was like really a big deal in the 80s. It was. Well, I mean, like, remember Heather's? How they were like, oh, he has the sparkling water. He must be gay. Oh, yeah. Like, here's the evidence. Mm -hmm. That was like a legit thing. Yeah, it wasn't commonplace, that's for sure. Yeah. Perrier and Avion were just like, basically, you had to be like a Wall Street yeah. broker to be drinking those. Or Madonna. Or Madonna. So, the other thing about Jack that I've noticed with their little dates is that like, so she didn't want to do this like horse jumping and he's like, come on do it. Like you'll love it. And then there's another time when he's telling her stuff to like telling her what to do. Like he's mm-hmm. like, he keeps taking charge of the relationship. That's interesting because her husband, her ex-husband is so mild mannered. And this guy's seemingly mild-mannered, except when you really look at what he, like, does and says, he's very bossy and manipulative, just within their relationship. Yeah. That's how he was diagnosed, too, as being manipulative. Because before she agrees to take the case, she, like, wants to really be sure that she thinks he's innocent. And so mm-hmm. she gives him a polygraph. Mm-hmm. Which he passes, he passes with flying colors, and it said they said like he's either innocent or he's like an ice cube that nothing can melt, or he's like an ice man or something. The and ice then, man, yeah, he's the ice man. The danger zone, <laughs> and then who else sees him? So like a psychiatrist sees him, and he says like, yeah, he's manipulative but who isn't like i got where i am you got where you are everyone's manipulative and he's like do i think that he's like a psychopath who could do this mutilation no i don't think so Mm -hmm. and then someone else analyzes it but i don't remember what yeah and then and then jack's confronted with the virginia howe the lady in the fur coat Mm-hmm. like were you having like an affair with her like what's going on with this lady and Jack says 
He's a real bitch. And gets very bent out of shape very quickly. And I thought, if I was going to show a clip to demonstrate a behavior that if you ever see somebody do in a romantic relationship, run the fuck away. And it's to, like, talk like that about somebody. Like, so just immediately, his mood just, like, flipped. Mm-hmm. It's like, now I'm confronted with somebody that, you know, doesn't agree with me. You know, it, I, like, it scared me in a way. But then I thought, this is the quote that sums up the 80s. Yeah, she's she's a, real, a real bitch? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because a lot of people felt like the 80s were a real bitch. Oh. Teddy is convinced that he's innocent at a certain point, even though Robert Loja Ransom says, like, after all my experience, something tells me he's guilty. And she's Mm -hmm. like, no, he's innocent. And then at one point, Ransom says, what part of your body is telling you that? Your head or something else? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good old Ransom. Which is, like, fair. Totally. And so she's like all on his side and she's doing all these great victories for him in court until one day they do bring in a woman that he did have an affair with, which before she took the case, he did tell her that he had an affair a long time ago, remember? And then they never talked about it again. Mm -hmm. But then they bring in this woman who he had an affair with just like two years prior and it was Mm -hmm. for like several months. Mm -hmm. And then... It was really a series of one-night stands, Sarah. Right. It wasn't an affair. A series of one-night stands with the same person. (laughs) Um, A series nonetheless. (laughs) So after that, and then I think it's after they interview, like, the tennis pro who Mm -hmm. she thinks did the murder. And he says, like, Oh, yeah, his wife would tell me about how he has other women, too, and he has, like, his routine, and he would take them out to see his horses, and that's basically, mm-hmm. like, his foreplay. And then you see Teddy's face just be like, oh, yeah, I totally fell for that. I'm not special. Yeah. Takes well, everyone out to see his horses. You know what's interesting is that it made me think about how a lot of times people who – pursue boundary breaking sexual relationships Teddy is going to lose her license for her behavior it's completely Mm -hmm. reckless behavior people must be getting a charge specifically from breaking the boundary of this relationship where there's a very clear boundary, like a, a, a attorney and their client mm-hmm. or, or a doctor and a patient. There's an excitement there. It's like the listener letter that we read. Yeah. It's like the forbidden. Yeah. And it makes it hotter. So like the whole idea of like breaking this boundary it's like a mini taboo, mm-hmm. which can offer a lot of sexual charge. That the person who's in the 
like position of lesser power in the relationship, which is like why the boundaries there in the first place, like that person thinks I must be special because they're risking it all to have this relationship with me. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that people probably don't understand is that that type of risky behavior is probably just an indicator that that person is having some like sex addiction issues and you're actually not special at all. Ouch. And in reality, they're like trying this with a lot of people Mm -hmm. because they don't have boundaries and they need something and they're trying to get it where they can, which happens to be in a place that's deemed completely inappropriate because there's a power imbalance. Mm -hmm. So it made me think of that too. Yeah. But in this case, Teddy would be technically considered the one with power, right? Well, yeah, technically she would be considered the one with the power because Mm -hmm. she knows information that her client doesn't know about the law, which is going to influence his life. Right. Whether or not he goes to jail. Mm-hmm. And like, if they had an appeal because she like quit or whatever, you know, like, so she, she thinks he's guilty at one point. She's like, oh, maybe he is guilty. She's like, I'm just going to quit. And I thought you can't quit now because you had sex with him. And if you quit now, <laughs> And then he, like, has to get another attorney, and that attorney, like, sucks really bad, and he, or even if the attorney's really good, but he still gets found guilty, like, his appeal would be a no-brainer, and then you you lose your license to practice law, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be how that worked? I would think so. I don't know the rules, but I feel like, yeah, sleeping with your client is probably something that could get you disbarred. If you're an attorney and you know this answer, or if you just want to tell us any hot attorney stories, please write to us at coveryourizepodcast at gmail.com. Please do. (laughs) We don't know when we want to know, but I feel like it's probably uh, frowned upon. At least wait till the trial's over. Yeah. But then it's not as exciting, I guess. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm like thinking about is what is the actual attraction that's happening for her? Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't really, she seems like somebody who's just been pretty well balanced and like never like somebody where you go, Oh, that's so strange. And like shocking that she was having an affair with her client who is being tried for murdering his wife. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying is like, like this is like extremely terrible, risky behavior. Mm -hmm. And like whenever you're doing something like that, that's like threatening your physical security, because if you get disbarred, then you don't have a livelihood and you have two children. Right. Also, she brings Jack back to her house 
while the children are there. I know. She really just like lost her mind after that horseback ride. He was going to just jumpstart her car. So like they get done riding horses. Her lights are on. So her battery was dead. Now, why were her lights lights even on? She got there during the day. Was that a setup? I know. Jack snake. And turn her lights on so that she'd have to stay. That's what I think. But he says, like, I'll get you a jump. And then she's Mm -hmm. like, why don't you just take me home? So he was, like, offering to fix it for her. And then she was like, no, take me home. Yeah. She didn't stay at his house, I guess. Like, probably her kids were just home alone because it was the 80s. And they were, like, latchkey kids. So she had to go home. Wow, you're right. Who was with the kids? Nobody. They were just there. They were just there alone. I didn't even (laughs) think about it. (laughs) That's how bad. That's how bad of an epidemic being a Mm -hmm. latchkey kid was that oh, yeah. in the movies that I didn't even think twice about it. Exactly. I was like, oh yeah, of course her like eight and ten year old are just hanging out by themselves mm-hmm. with a murderer on the loose. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of murders on the loose <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, then she brings him in the house and is like making out with him in the living room. And it's like, Teddy, get it together. She's acting like yeah. a schoolgirl or something. She's just like raging hormones. She can't keep it in her pants with this dude. It's like her body is completely driving everything. It is. At this point. She is thinking with a different part of her body, just like mm-hmm. Robert Loja said. So, yeah, just, like, bad choices all around, Teddy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she was having, like, a manic episode or something. Yes. Like, I feel so, like something's wrong here. Yeah. Something is wrong. Maybe she has that his. I can't say it. What do you tell It's what do you very, it's very tongue twisty. Hebris, hebristophilia. Maybe she has a bristophilia where she well, is attracted to a murderer. I guess that's probably what made you think of Exactly. <laughs> God, I'm so smart. <laughs> you are. It's all coming together now. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like she has that. <laughs> yeah, she does seem like extra physically turned on. She does. And it's like he is attractive. He is charming. Mm-hmm. He did pass the polygraph, so she's like, hmm, he seems like it could be Mercury, but he passed, and he's hot, so let's just say he didn't do it. When she finds out, like, oh, yeah, he had another affair, and I'm not special, and then suddenly she's like, well, maybe he is a murderer, because if he lied to me about this woman, then he could be mm-hmm. lying about the murder, and he's like, I couldn't tell you about it because then you wouldn't have taken my case, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, he did tell her that he had an affair before. So it's like kind of, I don't know. You know. It's like a glitch. I didn't tell you a glitch is a perfect way to put it. (laughs) Also, I love your Glenn Close voice. I'm like, we need to watch all the 80s Glenn Close movies. <laughs> we can get a little Glenn Close. Terrifying. <laughs> um, so 
the glitches that he has, it's like whenever I feel like that kind of a statement of, well, if I had given, if I had given you this piece of information, because this is what he's saying. And this is what everybody who says things like this, what did he say again? And he said, like, I couldn't tell you the truth about the affair because then you wouldn't take my case. Okay. So if I give you all of the information, then you won't do what I want. So I'm not going to give you all of the information. (laughs) So you do what I want. And then whenever you find out that I lied, I'm going to put it back and say, well, I was, I didn't have any choice. (laughs) You made me lie. Exactly. So if, if if anybody ever does this to you, like, let's pick out the red flags here. (laughs) Yeah. Left and right. I mean, Robert Loja is just not buying it. So the DA is totally shocked in court whenever Mrs. Howell, the lady with the fur coat, shows up and gives her testimony. She's asked something about Jack's wife. And then she says, why don't you ask her? Insensitive. I I was just like, that is so cold. Sometimes like whenever I'm watching movies like this, I'm like, do people ever really talk like this in real life? I think they do. Yeah, I think they do. So that's the woman that was like claiming to be her best friend, but then really it turns out they had not been friends for quite a long time. And she was saying that Jack's wife was planning to divorce him, but really it turns out that she had been trying to have an affair with Jack and he turned her down. So that's why she was sour grapes. Sure. Women always have sour grapes. Mm-hmm. When, they, when do you really think he had an affair with her? With that woman, no. So you really do think she was just like a weirdo? I think that he didn't have an affair with her because she said like that he never met her. She was trying to go after him and like make it seem like he was guilty by saying that they were planning a divorce. So why Mm -hmm. wouldn't she go ahead and like tell the truth if they really had an affair? Right. You know what happens? Sometimes I like miss whole parts. And I and then I realized it's like because I was writing something down about something that happened, and then I missed another part, like the next part, because I didn't because I'm not like pausing it, you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm always like, well, Sarah will know what the hell's going on. <laughs> You're taking a real risk there. <laughs> <laughs> you always do though. <laughs> but I looked, I was like, oh, I must have been writing something down, and I was like, I did. I wrote fur coat lady hussies always wear fur. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I really did get that message as a kid. Oh, yeah. When you see a woman in a fur, you know she's fast. She did something for that fur coat, and it was not pure. I mean, sometimes it'll be like an actual just rich woman in a fur, but then it's like a long uh, monochromatic fur. Mm. If you see a woman in like a patchwork multicolor fur... She is like a sex worker or a fast woman. That's the message. I actually found an amazing like multicolor short like bomber jacket style fur coat from like the 70s at the Goodwill. Oh, 
And it's so great. It made me feel like I was on like Three's Company or something. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I have a fur coat like that that I found at a thrift store and I mm-hmm. got it when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And my mom got really mad. Oh. And told me that if I wore it, I would look like a hussy. Yeah. And that people would probably pour red paint. That's true. Like, that's a risk. And then I said, well, I'm a vegetarian and I bought this at Goodwill. But regardless, I, mean, I kind of feel bad the for the fur. But if you're buying it at a Goodwill, it's I like don't. it's 40 years ago. They died. So to me, it's like you're honoring the spirit of the animal that gave its life to make Mm -hmm. you beautiful. I have two furs. Oh my god, I'm throwing red paint on you next time I see you. I like to I like to wear them at Whole Foods. (laughs) I'm serious. In the winter, I like to go to Whole Foods. Heads. (laughs) You're buying like vegan products in. (laughs) Well, what's funny is I actually eat uh, like cashew milk cheese. And which is like vegan cheese. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes I am buying <laughs> vegan products. That's hilarious. Have you ever had like a fact that you feel like you've always known, but when you try to place where you found that fact, like you just can't, it's just like a thing you always knew. Yeah. Don't ask me to think of an example though. Well, no, that's fine. I wouldn't be able to either if I was put on the spot. I used to be like a court drama junkie. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that juries like blue suits. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've like, and I, and like anytime there's like a TV show or something and they're picking the jury, I'm always like, oh man, I hope this guy wears a blue suit. And I'll even Mm -hmm. like comment, like, oh, I hope he wears a blue suit. And I was like, never even thought twice about why or how I knew that. Mm-hmm. And then whenever Teddy tells Jack that juries like blue suits, I was like, oh my God, this is the origin story of <laughs> that weird like fact nice. that I know. And then Jack wears a black suit. Oh, I thought he did wear a blue suit. Oh, really? I thought it was black. Maybe one of the days it was blue and oh, I don't know. Who knows? No. I think he does wear a black suit at some point. Probably. All right. I'll have to look at that again. Well, also, like, what if our screens are adjusted weirdly? That's true. And I can see him doing that, though. Right. Like, as that's a power so move. Mm-hmm. That's what that's where I was like, oh, is he wearing a because at first I was like, is that navy blue? And I was like, ah, it's probably black because he's got to yeah, be. Maybe it was. Now I really want to go watch that again and be sure. I think in my mind, I just assumed that he did it. But yeah. you're right. It's like, don't tell me what to do. Exactly. So then they're in court and his wife's lover, Ugh. Mr. Slade, shows up. Now, I got to tell you, if you ever wondered... What would happen if G.I. Joe and a Ken doll <laughs> had a baby together? He would be Mr. Slade. You're right. I was like, it was just spot on immediately. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> so yes. he's pretty scary. Yeah, he's creepy. 
And Teddy's like, you know what? This guy is looking real good because he threatens her. He like scares the hell out of her. Calls her like a bitch or whatever. Yeah. In the courtroom, like on the stand, he calls her a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. And then the judge makes him repeat it. And he's like, she's like, what did you call me? And he's like, bitch. And that's the word that's like written in blood above mm. the murder victim. So that's just like, bing, bing. it's totally him. Or is it? Well, you know who else uh, used the word bitch? Mm-hmm. Mr. Jack Forrester. Mm-hmm. So whenever Mr. Slade, though, tells Teddy on the stand that, like, hey, you know, Jack's got an MO and, like, he lets the horse ride warm up his ladies that's like the mo happens all the time they were basically in an open marriage so teddy's sitting there like oh my god i have been risking everything for this guy and he is just doing the same thing he always does with Mm -hmm. any woman he's betting and she's humiliated yeah and she has to sit there next to him and then like be like his one and only defender and protector. Mr. Slade says about Jack, that's a special talent. He really knows how to use people. That sucks. Like I would not want to hear any of that stuff about somebody that I'm like sleeping with. Yeah. And that like forced you back into criminal law. Yeah. Just to defend him. And then he also like yeah, manipulates you into bed and I mean it's a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> she is in a pickle. And she feels really dumb and really used. Mm-hmm. And but then she's... she still has to defend him. Yeah, but she wants to drop the case and she goes and she visits the judge at his house and the judge is wearing two cardigans. I love that. <laughs> no, I'm like, I love this judge. Me too. He reminded me of our fourth grade teacher in oh, a weird way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like he gives her this really inspiring speech. She's like, hmm. You know, maybe maybe I do because every man needs a defense. That's what makes this country this country. Uh, you know, the right to proper defense. Like this is mm-hmm. my job; it's my duty, and I'm gonna fight harder now. Like, is she gonna be like that, or is she just gonna be like, nope? So then, like, ransom comes over, and he says something that I'm like. Probably don't ever say this to anybody. He's like, you're not okay. You look like shit. Mm-hmm. I just, whenever I hear people say that, I'm like, oh, don't tell other people they look bad whenever <laughs> they actually look bad because they already don't feel good. Uh-huh. They, know, they know fine and well they look terrible <laughs> because they already feel terrible. Yeah. So You're just piling on at that point. Exactly. So... Now she's going to play hardball and she's like, you know what, Slade, Mr. Slade, 
you are a hooker to the ladies at the tennis club and you mm-hmm. are suspicious. So now I'm going to like make everything about on the trial, turning you into the killer. Mm-hmm. And she makes a real convincing case. Cause I'm like, I don't know. He's scary. Yeah. Like that dude, that dude to me is scarier than Jack. Oh, for sure. I mean, Jack's like off putting, but like it's stuff you can overlook. Then Mr. Febreze. Okay, dude, did you notice? Okay, I, I'm sorry. I don't know why I called you dude. But did you notice that the janitor's name was Mr. Febreze? <laughs> wow. And that's before Febreze was even out. I think it was Febrezio. <laughs> But I accidentally wrote it in my notes as Mr. Fumries. Nice. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, that he was the janitor. <laughs> the inventor, did the inventor of Febreze just really love this movie? <laughs> yeah. Like Maybe his favorite. It was inspired movie. by him. <laughs> she like really plays hardball. She like turns on she turns on the lights to defend him. And it's like it's like she's repenting for sleeping with him. Mm-hmm. And then she gets, oh, we forgot to mention that someone keeps sending clues. Oh my God, yeah. How could we forget? I kept thinking about it, but then like never yeah. mentioning it because I'm like, yeah. I'll mention it later. That's what it's I kind of a big deal of the movie. It is. I guess okay, it's tell like, me about it. Oh, okay. Well, so what happened is that Petty and Ransom keep getting these uh, notes delivered on that were typewritten, and there'll be like one sentence, and it'll say like, you know, Jack's innocent. Check out this lead, mm-hmm. and it'll send them in a direction that is not jack right and one direction is julie jensen Mm -hmm. petty goes to see julie and some real horrendous shit happened to julie and i don't really want to talk about it because it was gross Mm -hmm. so if you want to find out watch the movie it was basically like the same thing that happened to his wife only without as much mutilation and she survived Mm -hmm. he just suddenly stopped right and like went away like he changed his mind Mm -hmm. and so 18 months before the wife was murdered she lives in a beach house oh yeah she gets called to the stand and she says all this stuff and it's awful. It's fucking awful. And all I could think was that that for the perpetrator that he, he must have felt like his mother's milk was really sour. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about what he did. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's enough. The DA is like, look, people... I just want to say that we already checked this out and that he did this too. That like, yeah, of course it's the same. 
because he did it because he's been setting this up the whole time. Like he's a master. He's a super predator. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the DA is saying that. And you, so you're going, well, you're a jackass. Like clearly there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Right. guy, Because you do all kinds of stuff. That's creepy. And I'm still thinking about how excited you got at the prospect of killing your wife mm-hmm. as a hypothetical. After the trial's over, I was relieved. Because he was found innocent. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a relief. What a relief. So Teddy wasn't sleeping with a murderer and... He wasn't really using her and taking advantage of her. Now they can pursue the relationship together. Mm-hmm. And he gets to keep the house and the paper and all of that. But he's innocent, too. And then they can be like, is this love? <laughs> so then, yeah, because before then, Teddy was still thinking he was um guilty but mm-hmm. she was like i'm gonna defend you anyway i've defended lots of guilty people and whatever whatever mm-hmm. but then once he's found innocent after a while she comes around and is like i guess he really is innocent yeah and then so she runs to his house and is like that night she's like yay she jumps in his arms and mm-hmm. they spend the night together mm-hmm. and then the next morning she wakes up at like 3 p.m she had slept a long night. She needed to rest, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And she walks out on the balcony and he's out <clears throat> in the yard. <clears throat> he's like, Are you hungry? She's like, Yeah, I'm really starving. And she's like, How do you feel? And he's like, I feel free. I'm free. And it's like, Oh, this is so beautiful. I'm like, Yeah, I just kept thinking, like, Yeah, but like, your wife just died. I mean, yeah, he started sleeping with her like two months into the trial. Actually, like the sleeping. Okay, so I'm actually not going to judge you. Okay, so let's say that like, God forbid, this hypothetical person, Mm -hmm. they lose their spouse, spouse dies. And then they are just like, I am so fucking devastated that I don't know what to do. And they end up, like, getting drunk and, like, fucking somebody they met at a bar. Sure. Like, okay, that's one thing. But that's, like, weird grief sex. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't care how much. Like, you're still going to be, like, my fucking wife is dead. And she died in this, like, horrible way. And the murderer's still out there. Right. Like that just like creeped me out. Like if I had just slept with a dude and then he acted like that and I had known that his wife had just died, I would have been like, I'd be like, that's kind of weird. And also like he doesn't, he hasn't known me that long. Right. Which is a red flag. True. If somebody doesn't know you, like you haven't really established a relationship over like, to me, it's like, you know, few months at least i don't know i'm just like this guy is seems unhinged to me when he did that that was a like tom cruise jumping on a couch mm-hmm. level yeah it was a little over the top given the situation he's in i feel free 
Which is still that his wife was brutally murdered. In the house where he still lives. So that's weird. The other thing is that, like, when she gets up that morning after sleeping, she puts on this, like, elaborate kimono-type robe. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, is that his wife's robe? Because you didn't bring your own clothes. That seems creepy, too. He was totally in his wife's robe. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's why I'm like, I feel like she's maybe actually just turned on by, like, deep inside she's known all along and that she's realizing that like, Oh fuck my actual attraction here is that he's a killer and it's so repulsive to her. It's not like she's like completely lost her moral compass Mm -hmm. where she's going to like help him commit crimes, but it's realizing the secret thing about yourself. You always tried to push away when you realize that you you stopped pushing it away and you started embracing it and you didn't even realize it. It was like before maybe she had it under control. Were you getting those vibes? I think it yeah, I think that has to be part of it because she was definitely like intrigued by the danger of it, it seemed like. It's very um unsettling to think about doing that. Even if, like, okay, let's say that his wife had a a heart attack, random Mm -hmm. heart attack, and died. I still would feel real creeped out. Yes. About wearing the poor dead lady's robe while I'm having sex with her fresh husband. You're right. I mean, it's a weird thing. Yeah, and a robe is, like, super intimate. It's on your Uh naked body. I feel like it's too much. Yeah. It's like we're watching a person discover the thing they were always afraid they were going to become. Mm -hmm. And we're watching her in the moment of realizing that she's become that thing when she finds the The typewriter typewriter. in his closet because he was like, I'm gonna, I gotta go see the horses because he's obsessed with horses. He's like, I'll be back in like 15 minutes. And she's like, okay. And then she goes inside <laughs> and she's gonna like change the sheets because they had like a crazy ass sex that night. It was so right. much that she slept till three and the sheets need to be changed immediately. Yeah. So she goes to the closet. Yeah. Gets the <laughs> sheets down and then she notices behind them, like, what's this? And it's, they had traced uh, the typewriter that it had to be like a 1942 Corona or something. And she sees, oh, my God, it's a Corona typewriter that's old. Mm-hmm. But it could just be a coincidence. <laughs> so then it she could like be a coincidence. Grabs paper and types on it. And the thing about it, like you had said, is that it had a raised T. So Day. she typed out like a trial sentence. No. Oh, it was a T? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a J. No. There's and not even like-, like a J in a sentence that she <laughs> because oh it builds suspense as she types out sentences that have been on the anonymous letters and she types oh, he's innocent and then you're waiting for that t to drop and see because if the t is raised he's not but it, innocent but it looks like a j did you notice okay. it they chose to make the t <laughs> they, they chose a letter that looks okay. like a j <laughs> 
And it happens to be at the end of the word innocent. And so yeah. since <laughs> it was raised, that means he's actually not innocent. And then right. they just do like this zoom in on her face, like, uh-huh. like and her you... face is realizing like, I just fucked a uh... murderer again. Uh... <laughs> I think I would immediately so... projectile vomit. I know. I thought she was going to vomit. So she like, is like oh shit she grabs it and she tries to like escape out of the house quickly while he's gone with the horses and then she puts it on her front seat and then of course mm-hmm. her car won't start mm-hmm. and he comes while she's trying to leave and she tries to play it cool and then he's like why don't you let me try so he sits right next to it in the front seat and she's like oh my god please don't notice it mm-hmm. and he didn't thank god so she drives away and then she bursts through the door of her house and like rips off her clothes i thought she was running upstairs to vomit but she ran upstairs and like took a hot scrub yourself and bleach so, shower Jesus to get the Christ. off. So much bleach everywhere. <laughs> I mean, God. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: like, I also know that people that are um, can't help but like get a sexual charge or thrill mm-hmm. from criminality and like violence. I think it's better to figure out a healthy way to embrace that urge. That's like consensual and safe for everybody. Like mm-hmm. I'm not judging that, even though I'm like, ew. I'm just saying, like for me personally, I do have that ew response. But yeah, like I don't want. I hope people that have philias don't have that ew about themselves because, like, there's always a way you can figure out how to like express it in a healthy way. I just didn't. I just felt judgy. Not judgy, but I just didn't want people to be like, oh, I feel that way. Yeah. Because you really can't help it. Like, think about, like, think about the stuff that, like, turns you on. Mm -hmm. It'll, like, randomly pop up. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, that thing that that person did was, like, a real turn on all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's, like, if you, like, sat there and analyzed it, it's, like, where does that come from? Why did that happen? Right. And it's really hard to figure out for like just quote unquote like normal average like sexual arousal, right? Mm-hmm. But then you get into these um things that people a lot of people go, ew, but that's a thing that turns you on. Mm-hmm. That must feel really bad because they're like people have so much sex. People have so much vanilla sex guilt. Yeah. And it's like the more sex guilt you have, the more like deranged your fantasies are going to get because you mm-hmm. have to punish someone and express that guilt. Mm-hmm. Quit feeling guilty about it and figure out a way to do it safely. Right. For everybody. If my deep exploration of hybristophilia this week has taught me anything, it's that. People really can't help what they're attracted to. And like her, her sense of shame is like really pronounced the scene where she's taking a shower. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty brief scene, but it's like, it's a heavy scene to see her feel so humiliated. That's a feeling that like women or men and women and anybody who's been in a, abusive manipulative relationship of like when that when their facade all comes crashing down 
and you see the full picture of their deception mm-hmm. and that like the thing the person you fell in love with isn't even real that can be potentially soul crushing like betrayal trauma to feel that to feel taken and to also be like why how could i be attracted to a murderer does that mean i'm attracted to murder or does that mean I'm attracted to violence? Or does that mean that I'm like a masochist? Okay, so one thing I learned from watching Jagged Edge as a kid is that you should never take, ladies, you should never take showers alone. Yeah. Don't take a shower by yourself. Because Someone something. Else needs to be in the shower with you? I mean, at least in the house. There's a break in, Teddy's ready. Teddy's ready because when she, after she like discovered the typewriter and then realized he was not innocent, then she like made up an excuse that she had to go home because her son had a fever. And then so later that night, Jack calls and he's like, Hey, how's everything going? How's Mm -hmm. your son and his fever? And she was like, Oh, um, she like is going to lie. And then suddenly she's just like, I found the typewriter. He's like, what? What are you talking about? Is everything okay? I'm going to come over. And she was like, no. And she slams on the phone. And then she calls Ransom, Robert Loja, and is like, she's all upset. And she seems like she's going to tell him what happened. But then Mm -hmm. suddenly she was like, "Um, nothing. Everything's okay. I just wanted to thank you. And then I was like, what's going on? Right. I was really confused by that scene. All of a sudden, she's like super calm. Yeah, all of a sudden, she's super calm. She has a plan. Mm-hmm. So she realizes then, like, while she's on the phone with Ransom, that Jack said he's going to come over to check on her, but she's like, he is going to come over. I know mm-hmm. he's going to come over, but it's not going to be to check on me. Mm-hmm. And so then she realizes that he's going to come try to get her. Is that what's happening in that scene? That's what I think. And so she's like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to be ready. And then mm-hmm. somebody breaks in, and he is... Completely, his face is completely covered. You can't tell anything about him. He's got gloves. Those gloves really disturb me with his black outfit. He's like wearing all black, and then he's got these. Are they like kind of like a blue, like medical glove? Or are they I don't white? Know. I didn't notice them. I just kept looking at that mask on his face. Oh, those gloves really bug me. Oh, um, um, yeah, he's wearing so the same thing that the murderer of the wife was wearing. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. And that what the woman who had been assaulted mm-hmm. previously, she had said he was wearing the same outfit. Right. As this guy. It's a scary outfit. It reminded me of that mm-hmm. thing from American Horror Story, the rubber suit dude. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, don't watch it. Just like piles of that. disturbing images that I don't need. <laughs> you don't need it. I've lived through nightmares that people can't even imagine quite frankly so i don't like need to watch stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i also understand watching it especially if you haven't had stuff happen to you Uh that has been traumatic because it's almost like a way to understand other people and like other people who have had trauma i don't need to see it (laughs) okay yeah skip it (laughs) But it reminded me of that 
I didn't look at the gloves, but yeah. So then this person comes in and it's like, oh, is this the Slade guy coming to get revenge on her because uh-huh. he threatened her earlier? And now the police are coming after him. Mm-hmm. Or is it something else? And there's always that like hope that it isn't Jack. Right. And that Jack will get there just in time to save her. So the person, she's in the bed waiting. She's just like laying in bed. The person's creeping up through the house. He gets to the bedroom. He comes to order. And she was just like, I just need to see your face. Yeah. And then, but he doesn't take the mask off and he comes to order like he's going to hurt her. And then she shoots him like in the shoulder or something. And then she says like, I could have loved you, Jack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he keeps coming at her. So then she shoots him again and then he dies. And then like right at that moment, Robert Loja comes in pretty much, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's kind of like you can tell somebody's coming and it's like, oh, maybe it is Jack. Mm Because there's still the mask on his face. Right. But no, it's Robert Loja. And he takes the mask off and it's Jack. Oh my God. Just Jack. (laughs) (laughs) It was powerful. I was like kind of surprised to see it was him, even though I knew I shouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, it is him. I had, even though I like, I knew through the whole movie and was writing down all the red flags. Mm -hmm. Like I still held out that hope. Like maybe I remembered it wrong. (laughs) At the end of the very end of the movie, Robert, like the last, the last line of the movie said by Robert Loja, fuck him. He was trash. (laughs) I'm like, really? This is going to be how we end the movie? (laughs) Like, that's so tacky. Yeah, it might have been better if they just said nothing. You know, this guy who wrote the screenplay also wrote Flashdance. What? And Basic Instinct. Oh, my gosh. I think his name Joe Esteraz. I'm probably pronouncing his last name okay. wrong. This movie is just like, guess what? They're all liars and you can't trust anybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everyone has affairs. Again. Everyone has affairs. Yeah. He had an affair. His wife was having an affair. And then Glenn Close's husband was having an affair. But she is like the only one who didn't have an affair. And then Jack is like shocked. He's like, really? Are you sure? You never cheated on your husband because it's 1985. <laughs> and um, it's kind of the thing to do. Totally. So, yeah, it's just like adultery is just the norm. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that that probably like fed into my brain of like why I was so insecure. And I eventually grew out of it, but. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like pumped in your mind all the it time. Is. Like everyone's cheating on everyone. Yeah. And also that men are just inherently shitty. Mm-hmm. Quite quite frankly, 
that's what I get a lot out of these 80 movies is that like most men just generally suck. <laughs> like even her ex-husband, mm-hmm. who's the super nice guy in the movie, like he cheated. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't have just had an amicable divorce. He Maybe. had to be a cheater. Yeah. And just to up the ante. Mm-hmm. And also, like, really to just, like, justify and condition that, like, hey, man, men, I mean, hey, men just cheat, you know? I mean, look at these chimpanzees. <laughs> so, question for this movie. Oh, my God. Hmm, I guess you could just ask, like, have you ever been attracted to someone who was a criminal or seemed dangerous, mm-hmm. like you said? Or, and like, have you ever been attracted to someone and you knew that they had done something really bad and you still were attracted to them and that was why? Or have you ever just been like unsure, like in the movie when you're like, maybe Mm -hmm. and that kept it going? Well, have you been attracted to someone because they were... A criminal or seem dangerous or if you like literally slept with someone because of that like Glenn Close yep. said then tell us about it and no judgment yeah we won't judge you I think that we're like a judgment free mm-hmm. zone as much as possible yeah I mean as much as possible can send it to cover eyes podcast at gmail.com. And if you want it to be read, it might be. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> Bye. Bye. It's really late. Thank you for listening to Cover Your Eyes Podcast. We love it when you subscribe rate and review you can also visit our store on redbubble at cover your eyes podcast on patreon we've got an after party every week where we tell all our secrets and answer the movie mysteries that keep you up at night it's twice the melodrama and double the fun find it on patreon.com backslash Cover your eyes. Oh, don't forget, if you have your own memories of this movie, let us know. Email us at coveryoureyespodcast at gmail.com. Come play with my horses.